SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. Hey, folks, Christmas Eve at the Superbook at the Westgate doing the show with you. Another hour of, shall I say it, Andy? I'm having fun. I feel moderately frivolous. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe that's, uh, maybe those are the uh, girls we saw with Oscar last year. <laughs> no. the, the, last year? You see, you see him with him every year, right? Well, that's a, it's they, a they may change a little bit from year to year, but actually it does point out the fact that, as you pointed out in the last segment, the season is winding down. It won't be that long until we do the Super Bowl prop show. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think that was it. The 13th of February, I think, is the Super Bowl. So it'd be the. Is uh, that late? The, yeah, it's a week, well, the, a week the later. Week yeah. In the season. All right. Yeah. So we're down here. Football Central Sundays. I'll watch all the games down here. It's a great place. Thanks to Jake Cornegay, Rosemary Ray, Ed, Jeff, the entire team. Uh, we love coming down here. If you're coming in from out of town, we're here on Fridays. Come on by, say hi. And we'll be here. No, doing I'm, so, I'm sorry, February 6th at SoFi. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say it's usually that first Sunday. I think, yeah, I'd have February. to check. I think they may have eliminated that week between the games. But I'm looking at the Super Bowl odds here. By the way, for whatever it's worth, for those of you who are able, uh, the last update by the Super Bowl, uh, the AFC NFC uh, pick them with a total of 52 and a half. If you want to bet the Super Bowl early, if, if you you're ever going to have a, for either conference, if you're ever going to have a year to to make that number pick this is the year, because who the heck's the team? Could be one of several. I mean, usually at this time of the year, through 14 games, we usually have teams that are sitting there 11 and three, maybe 12 and two. No such thing this year, with the exception of Green Bay, with the three losses. And of course, you've got the 17 games. So it tells you there's really no dominant team out there. It, I, I think the Rams, and we'll see what happens uh, this uh, this weekend. But I think the Rams seem to be a team that, and certainly has the talent and is capable of making the kind of late season, end of season run that the uh, Buccaneers made uh, last year. Rams got off to a good start, had a midseason swoon the last few weeks. They won some big football games. They're playing well. Let's see what happens by the way, this weekend and then the next two weeks. By the way, they got a running game going with Sony Michelle, but apparently Akers, Akers coming is back. coming back. Uh, you know what, Andy? I'm telling you, I've been, Stevie will attest to this, I've been banging Indy's drum for about eight weeks. I mean, before it was fashionable. It, and they started 0-3 and, and fighting and fighting their way back. The problem is they're not a guarantee to get in. That's why this is a very big game on Saturday. But if Indy gets in, I would I would say to you, short of not knowing what, what's going on with Derrick Henry, Indianapolis could be the main danger to anybody. My only concern about Indiana, Indianapolis, and it's been a concern all season, their inability to protect leads. Now, they've managed to hold on and yeah. win some games, but they've also managed to lose some games. But, again, it's not how now how you played in September, October. It's how you're playing in December. I mean, the Colts could easily have only one or two losses if you look at the games that uh, they've lost this year. They are a dangerous team. But, yeah, let's see what happens if, if uh, uh, I mean, more likely than not, Tennessee's going to win the division, meaning that Indianapolis will have to play uh, on the road in the wild card round. That don't and bother me. Uh, uh, well, let, let's see how they fare tomorrow. Of course, you mentioned the Quentin Nelson injury, which could be big, because the game's huge for Arizona, too. Arizona and the Rams are playing. And, you know, the NFC West, the winner of that division, again, 
will most likely, almost certainly, have to play Wild Card Weekend, but they get to play on home. The loser will make it as a Wild Card, have to play somewhere on the road, and that uh, that could be huge. So that game tomorrow is huge for both teams, probably a little bit more for Arizona because realistically, with Tennessee having, what, a two-game lead uh, possibly over the Colts and holding the tiebreaker, I think that, and you look at Tennessee's remaining schedule, you have to believe Tennessee's going to win that division. Yeah, they're going to win the division so, now, but who they but play. I think in, they in, play Jacksonville and Houston. Yeah, and I think Indianapolis pretty much uh, is going to wait make a, a wild card with uh, with their with their record. So uh, that's what makes the game particularly important for Arizona tomorrow and that puts the pressure on the Rams too. What uh, about players. Arizona, Chris? Kingsbury, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, these guys, I mean, they were 10-2 and two at one point. Of that, I don't know. Have they been exposed here, or is it just a bad stretch? I just think it's a bad stretch. I like, you know, what they're getting back. Obviously, Chase Edmonds is getting healthy there. That helps out their running game. Hopkins being out. Hopkins, is, is Hopkins being out has been absolutely not great for them whatsoever in this stretch as well, too. So I think there's there's extenuating circumstances, basically, is what I'm saying, yeah, I, I, regarding I, this Arizona Cardinals team. And kind of along the same lines, of uh, when the Kansas City Chiefs, what, three, four weeks ago, right? We were talking about the Chiefs because of the, in the injuries they had and, and the guys they had out because of COVID. People were questioning the Chiefs, saying, okay, you know, the, there's a kink in the armor for them in the AFC. I think much of the same – I think kind of the same long, along the same lines, Andy, with the Arizona Cardinals, too, in the NFC regarding uh, what their personnel is oh. and what they have uh, at their, at their, uh, at their uh, ability right now and what they can do. With the, as soon as they get everybody back. Well, th- there's a little bit of a difference and sort of with an asterisk, and that is we know Kansas City is a good team. I think Kansas City knew that even they had that sluggish start, they knew that the real football starts being played around mid-November, and they weren't all that concerned. They do have some injuries this week, but they're probably still good enough at least to win the game against Pittsburgh. But Arizona, nobody expected them to be where they're at right now, and they got off to that 7-0 start. But keep in mind, leaving last year, Arizona wasn't a bad football team. They were an 8-8 football team, so they had somewhat potential. The problem for Arizona coming into the season, at least perception-wise, is that they play in a very difficult NFC West where San Francisco lost last year because of injuries, and Seattle and the Rams were you know, playoff teams the last few years. So uh, I'm not all that concerned. In fact, as far as tomorrow's game goes, you know the old uh, saying in the financial markets, buy low, sell high? Nobody wants Arizona tomorrow. Probably the time to play them. Everybody wants the Colts. Not a good spot for them. Up against a break, it's Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, we'll talk about the quarterback offseason carousel when we come back to Vegas. Invite you to keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Superbook at the Westgate. Brian Blessing, thrilled to be down here. Series 159, the SportsGrid Radio Network. Stevie's in the KSHP studios. Stevie, what do you got lined up uh, for the holidays? Are you gonna like trim the Christmas tree, or what do you got going on? No, you, you know what? S- somehow you gave me the sciatica in the back. I'm I might be just like laying oh, on the couch man. all weekend. Well, that's not a contagious thing. That's just 
I know it's Bad not, but, some, but, but, but what's the deal? Like, at the beginning of 2020, uh, we both had what we think was, was no, we co- had it at that time. <laughs> so, and, 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 and I'm going with you gave that to me, and now yes, you, I'll, get this, I'll you, agree get, with that. you get the sciatica, and then, I don't know, like a week later, I get it. That's that's strange. Yeah, this stupid thing's been going on for three weeks. It's uh, not fun. Not fun. All right, well, if you figure a way to get rid of it, please give me the lowdown, will you? I'm doing all I can, man. I'm I'm, I'm popping pills. Well, yesterday, uh, oh, we were, we were doing the lunch thing or whatever, and uh, or no, I was on with TC the other day, and he go, "Hey, where's Stevie?" I said, "Ah," I said, "You know, he's having a personality bypass. The first five didn't take, you know, two drink minimum. None of them had. I don't think any of them will. I, I was actually at a meeting and contributed nothing to the meeting. Well, so. that's fine. You're a good listener." <laughs> <laughs> Which is not great on a radio show. At, but at, least, at least stay at the meeting. Hope I'm a good listener. Oh, you're the man, man. Love you, buddy. Merry Christmas to you. Our, Merry Christmas our good to pal, Stevie Slapshot. All right. Back hey, at you. Let's do the. How um, about the offseason quarterback carousel? You know, we're saying, oh, wait, hey, obviously we're going to revive the Browns. Maybe you're interested in Deshaun Watson. We heard Carolina. We'd heard Miami. Tua's playing good now. What are they thinking? Um, we had the big. Aaron Rodgers' soap opera in the offseason. Could he go out, uh, you know, walk into the Sunset Super Bowl champ? And he says, that's all she wrote. Denver was supposedly in on him. Uh, I don't know what they, what do they do here with Derek Carr? Uh, but what about the offseason quarterback and Russell Wilson in Seattle? Yeah, the ship has definitely sailed, gentlemen, right, when it comes to some of these signal callers and whether or not they're going to be staying with their current franchises, right? So, Make no mistake about it. There's going to be movement in the offseason when it comes to quarterbacks. And, uh, yeah, top of the list are the guys that Brian just mentioned. I think something that's very intriguing, Andy, and I kind of wanted to bounce it off you. How about Deshaun Watson here to Vegas, right? That would be a good fit for him. Look, Aaron Rodgers would bring uh, a lot to Vegas as well if he's disenchanted with Green Bay unless they work that out. But, you know, the interesting one is apparently the discontent of Russell Wilson with Pete Carroll. And... The thing that's surprising about that is you, if you remember as a rookie, remember they had signed Flynn uh, as a quarterback. He was going to be the quarterback. And uh, Wilson impressed Pete Carroll so much over that training camp that he was named the starter as a rookie. Led him to a couple of Super Bowls, one win. So it's really kind of surprising that uh, those uh, reports are surfacing because uh, Russell Wilson owes a lot of his NFL career to Pete Carroll taking a chance on him as a rookie after making that huge investment in an experienced quarterback. Yeah, well, experienced. It was Matt Flynn had, wasn't it, that one game, right, gentlemen, where he had like 500 yards and five touchdown passes for Green Bay. That got Matt Flynn that huge deal. I'm trying to remember. It was against the Detroit Lions. No, 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 no. And Matthew Stafford, by the way, threw for like 450, and I think he had like four touchdowns doing that game. It was crazy. when When he made the decision, it was with Wilson. They didn't. Cut Flynn, did they? Absolutely not. I think oh. Flynn, Flynn was on the t- yeah. Flynn yeah, was a backup. Inve- had a yeah. huge investment, and then they, and it they was a, signed a, him over the summer. As Andy yeah. pointed out, it was a surprise because, look, Russell Wilson was a good quarterback in college, right? Yeah. Had, 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 had solid stints in both Wisconsin and, and at NC State. Yeah. And then, you know, but obviously people looked at it and said, okay, he's 5'11", what, 5'10"? Is this guy going to, you know, pan out as a franchise guy? And then he surprised all of us, you know, by by – being that that quarterback that could come into the NFL. Yeah, what's he been in the league? I think and, ten years. And, now. and he's been solid. Yeah. So it was. Uh, so as as Andy pointed out, it was a surprise. 
but, but uh, no, they didn't you. just they didn't just cut Flynn like just they didn't just jettison him out of, out of town. He was still with the team. By the way, I'm listen. I'm not being judge, jury, and executioner. I'm, I mean, who am I to you know uh, pontificate here? You know, everybody second chances, so be it. But Deshaun Watson with the Raiders, I, I mean, from a PR perspective. You just went through the Gruden thing, Henry Ruggs, and I, from a PR perspective, are you running to get to Sean Watson? Yeah, I do have to wonder how the year of inactivity, with considering his I mean, skill some, set. I mean, I know the Raiders, are, you know, the Raiders' image. Yeah, just, I just, I don't know. Do you, I'll tell you, I'd like to see Marcus Mariota. I mean, he's going to be probably what be is gone. with that? Why don't they I, give this guy a look? He 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 was a starting quarterback until he got that injury in what Tennessee. And Tannehill took over and ended up just doing so well he won the job. But Marcus Mariota, the limited times that he's played for the Raiders, showed that he's, his versatility and his capability as a quarterback is something that teams will be interested in. And I'm surprised he's not gotten more of an opportunity, even you know, at times when Carr was uh, was banged up a little bit, that uh, they could have played Mariota. Well, he had some more. moments at the end of last year, like, oh, this is very interesting. Then he gets hurt right away. It was at the opener, I believe, right? Yeah, he had a yeah. big run, pulled pull a hammy or whatever it was, quad. And okay, like, and then you get him come running in and do a handoff or two or a read option and run it three plays a game. I, at some point, again, like you're saying, Bruce Marshall and I discussed this yesterday. I mean, you do the deep dive. Derek Carr's got the arm strength. He's he's you know the physical tools and the this and the that. It's all there, but this deep into your career. You know, the level of inconsistency. Can, how far well, that, can you go with and, this guy? And the limited, uh, the limited mobility for the most part compared to what Mariota offers. I mean, you need to have a quarterback with a capable arm and capable legs. In the, you know, like like a Josh Allen, for example. Now that may be a tough example because you know there aren't very many like him, but most teams that are looking for those types of quarterback. Uh, you know, it's like. like uh, Get somewhere that says you don't see the fullback anymore in in football. They've all gone to th- three wide receivers. So now, without the fullback, you need to have another running option, and quarterbacks give you that in addition to being able to throw the ball. I mean, Mahomes has been you know excellent at that throughout uh, most of his career. Brian, you talked about obviously Russell Wilson there in Seattle. I think it is the case of one's got to go, whether it's Pete Carroll or Russell Wilson in Seattle. But we bring up, of course, the situation with Aaron Rodgers. With the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, is there any type of scenario where he ends up back in Green Bay next year after everything that's gone on, after that whole circus that they went through last summer, right, and that whole kind of scenario that presented itself? Is there – I mean, I look, from a Green Bay standpoint, it is absolutely a no-brainer. You, you would, I, I would think you would want to try everything in your power to get Aaron Rodgers back in a Packers uniform next season – but from his or, standpoint, or, you, you, or, think, you think that he's, he's, it's pretty much a, by, uh, a foregone conclusion. But, if, but, if it's a con, but if it's a constant banana peel with this guy and you're convinced that love can play, the bevy of picks you would get, talk about just you know, reloading right away. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I, I don't want to use the word stubborn, but he's very set in his uh, his opinion. He did sort of reconcile a little bit in the early part of this season, and we haven't really heard all that much talk about him leaving. I think they're focusing on football, and you do have to wonder what would happen if the Packers win uh, the Super Bowl. Will that be enough for Aaron Rodgers to say, I've done what I needed to do, you know, I've got a second Super Bowl win here with, uh, with the Packers? Or will he say, you know what, 
we've been able to work things out. We think we've got a couple of more years with this unit, with you know uh, Devonte Adams and all that, that uh, uh, that he will stick around. It's it, it's really hard to say. I would, if the Packers win the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers stays. What's a crazy fun? Tries to go back and back. Tries to go back to back, for example, which very few quarterbacks have been able to do. And he certainly got the, you know, he he's he's at the, look. He he could win a second straight MVP award. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, that's pretty good for a quarterback. I don't think you. T- well, Tom Brady, of course, could. Well, he, the shutout of Tampa Bay. I I wouldn't really. Let's see how he finishes the season. But I mean, we're seeing quarterbacks playing at a very high level deeper and deeper, not only into their late 30s, but into their early 40s. Early cra- mid-40s, in the case of We've got about 20 seconds, guys. A quick one. Crazy fun fact, gentlemen, when the Green Bay Packers, they have had two quarterbacks since, what, 1991, yeah. I think. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers are two quarterbacks. That's like the as a Lions fan, coaches. you know, as, as a Bills fan, Brian, I mean, it, multiple, multiple upon multiple they quarterbacks coming through. They don't grow on trees. Yeah. We're coming back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We're at the Superbook at the Westgate. Brian Blessing, Chris Wynn, Andy Isco. We're hanging down at the Superbook, and they've got Football Central Sunday, which is always great fun, great place to watch the games in the theater on the big screens. Uh, we got Christmas NFL games, boys. So uh, Cleveland Green Bay, we were talking about Rodgers and the yeah. Packers. Seven and a half point favorites, total 46. Yeah, I, I'd prefer to take the points with Cleveland, especially if Mayfield starts, and I think the line might go down. Uh, hopefully it doesn't go down below seven if it's announced that he is the starter, but wouldn't be shocked. Green Bay controlling the number one seed. All they need to do is win. Uh, they don't care about the margin. Actually, it might be more important for Cleveland to, uh, well, obviously to win the game and, you know, points, uh, you know, if they win the game and put as many points as they can because it so, theoretically could come down to tiebreakers with how a bunch of things are in the AFC. I think points scored or differential is like seventh or eighth on the list. But uh, I, I would, you know, Green Bay is probably a good team to use in the teaser because they do need to keep winning to secure that number one seed. That number that, that sold by in each conference is very important. You want to be as healthy as possible heading into the playoffs. Green Bay's already clinched the division. So I once if they win one more game, maybe they have the opportunity to give starters a week or two off before getting that bye week. A quick note on this tilt, guys. Obviously, you know, even whoever starts a quarterback for Cleveland, the running game is going to be huge for the Browns in this matchup. And Nick Chubb had a pretty solid game last week, despite the fact that they took that uh, late loss to Vegas at home in that game last week. So I expect the Browns to be able to run the football against this Green Bay uh, defense. That being said, uh, it's, it's tough sledding right now. Uh, going anywhere against the Green Bay Packers, especially in a matchup like this, considering the volatility of this uh, Cleveland roster from a personnel standpoint. So yeah, Cleveland's we'll going to have to pull out all the tricks because they, they're not thinking about covering. They're thinking about winning the game, and so they need to throw some surprises in there. But that's what makes it a compelling game because it's, it's, it's more important to Cleveland because of their position, but it's also important to Green Bay because of their position and the fact that they control that top seed. And then at night, Indian Arizona – Arizona one-point favorite total, 48-and-a-half, 49, 49 here at the Superbook. And, again, Quentin Nelson's not going to play. That's a big loss on the line uh, for Indy. But 
Uh, two teams have high hopes for the rest of the way, but this is a monster game. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit earlier, and uh, my comment was uh, buy low, sell high. So I'm on Arizona. Nobody wants them right now. We've seen the line come down on this game over the last few weeks with the advanced look-ahead lines, where right now uh, it's uh, it's certainly very playable under under a field goal. We've seen this line flip-flop between plus one, minus one for each team and pick them for a while. Uh, I would, uh, uh, I, I will be on. I, I am. Well, I, I already am on Arizona. I played it at uh, Pickham earlier in the uh, in the week. Uh, will Indiana continue? To, uh, Indianapolis continue to have that momentum? They played extremely well over the last month and a half or so. Um, again, probably again. Well, it's important for both teams. Realistically, I think the Colts have to be thinking honestly to themselves. We're going to make it as a wild card. Probably the number one wild card, meaning we would play the fourth division winner in the AFC on the road. At the same time, the Cardinals are in a little bit better position because they are tied with uh, the Rams, and we'll see how tiebreakers work out at the end of the season. I believe if both teams win out that Arizona has the tiebreaker edge, but three games to go for both the Cardinals and the Rams. If you're Tampa Bay, if you're Arians, all right, you get Fournette out. Godwin's gone for the year. Evans, uh, the hamstrings, dicey for the game. You got the division. Just signed Le'Veon Bell, by the way. Yeah, he's not playing, Andy. I mean, he, come on. He's he's <laughs> not this week. He's perhaps. a bum. He, it's over. It, it's the ship has sailed. You got Ronald Jones. You get, yeah. Well, I listen. I'm just curious. Do you think? Do you think Arian says the Packers? beat the Browns Saturday and you're sitting there and the Packers play Vikings is obviously a tough game and then they're at the Lions at the, at the end of the year but if you're Tampa Bay do you sit there and go okay the die's kind of been cast here is being healthy absolutely not the preeminent thought you know and you're sitting there are you going to lay 10 11 against Carolina I mean I mean even to the point where why get Brady killed although you know Brady, he goes running out there up 28 throwing. But isn't Tampa Bay's thing, let's get healthy and we'll make a run again on the road? The side that I would prefer playing in this game is Carolina, although they are offensively challenged. Cam Newton, clearly not the answer. McCaffrey could be the MVP of the league because uh, Carolina's a totally different team when he's in there, and he's been out now, well, second time for the season. Uh if, if I don't know how comfortable I could feel playing Carolina, but it certainly suggests that Tampa Bay just goes, I'm not saying go through the motion, they win. You point out if Green Bay wins uh, tomorrow what uh, Tampa Bay's mind says. They still have a couple of games to go, so Tampa Bay still has a reason to win, but uh, to go out there and uh, crush an opponent. Uh, now, if they can crush the opponent with their second stringers in there, okay, that's fine. I'd prefer to be on Carolina plus the uh, uh, plus the double digit. Not sure if I'll play it, but I won't be playing Green Bay. And I, turn- I won't be playing uh Tampa in this one. And I turned into Andy with the Bah Humbug thing. Calling Bell a bum was harsh. I mean, the guy was a great running back. It just he he's one of those guys is the definition. The ship has sailed, that's all. Right? I mean, Chris, running backs, when it goes south and it ends, it ends. But that's the NFL. I mean, the shelf life for these guys, you know, they, they fall off the map, it's over. But at the same time, we're kind of viewing this Tampa Bay team a lot of the ways we viewed those those Patriot teams with Belichick, right? And obviously, since last year, if they take those guys off the trash heap, 
and they end up going there and they get a Super Bowl ring like last mm-hmm. year, right? And obviously, I'm thinking of the likes of Antonio, Antonio Brown, Brown, you know. So that's what I think when, when I when I immediately when I saw that signing, I'm like, okay, you know, Le'Veon Bell is looking to gravy train the championship. Not okay. only he tried, wait a minute, like, he, you, you know, know what I'm saying though. Yeah, but you he, understand the but point. But he I'm tried making. that with the Chiefs last year. You know, I mean, and then they basically they they couldn't use him. The ship has sailed. Um, interesting game. I, it, this is gonna sound weird. Chargers laying ten at Houston. Mills kid. Okay, they got a win against the Jags. Chargers coming off that, you know, devastating loss. I know it's Houston, but th- that defense for Houston has their moments. I mean, is this a trap game for the Chargers? It could be. I mean, I feel uh, I don't want Houston because talent-wise, they don't come close to matching up to what the Chargers have. Chargers, decent defense. Of course, you're talking about, well, several bonehead moves last uh, last week. The most serious one, to me at least, uh, and I know that there's some disagreement on it, was not going to three points before uh, before halftime. You know, if this were middle of the game, middle of the second quarter, eight minutes to go, and you don't, and you go for the uh, uh, touchdown on fourth and goal, and you don't make it, at least you pin Kansas City back, and maybe you get the ball back at midfield with you know three minutes to go, four minutes to go in the uh, first half. But this was at the very end of the first half. You weren't going to pin, pin Kansas City back and get anything out of it. So those three points ended up being costly. Of course, you know, when, whenever you talk about if this play worked. You never know that the rest of the game is going to go the way that it went had that play been different. But had had that occurred, that was the difference between winning and losing. Not sure the Chargers are capable of covering double digits on the road. I mean, it's one thing for them to win by double digits in a field goal game. It's another thing for them to win by double digits when they have to win to cash the bet. Uh, so I, I, if... You know, if you like Houston a little bit, you know, maybe I look under the total in this game because I think Houston still remains uh, offensively challenged, and the Chargers, uh, they don't take advantage of some opportunities. They may not have Eckler in this game, yeah. Yeah, apparently he's uh, still wallowing there on the uh, COVID list. And, and, look, the running back position has been a problem for the Chargers this year. Just, look, Justin ja- uh, yeah. uh, Justin uh, looks to be the backup there, but uh, it's not been exactly been great as far as a running game for uh for the Chargers. Hey, how about your boys? Give me the give me the skinny here. Atlanta six and a half. Looks like it's on the fast track to seven. Um, the total's forty two and a half. Goff's that, not. Yeah, that's what was news on Goff. I think caused that line. Yeah, go. Goff's not going. So give us the skinny on uh, Boyle, who's probably gonna gonna get the nod here. Well. Apparently, uh, Arthur Smith is uh, looking to correct to, to uh, collect his first true home win in his uh, debut season there with the Atlanta Falcons. It's kind of a uh, weird team because on some some given Sundays, they can they can compete with with everybody. I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons here. You do like you know uh, the young kid there, uh, the tight end for the for the Falcons. And I and look, this is a, it's a it's a football team that uh, is in the midst of a transition. To be quite honest with you, right? I mean they're basically going to be going into a rebuild so and you've got a matchup you know against one of the worst teams in the nfl now look i get it the lions shocked the world nfl world last week and knock off the arizona cardinals but uh you know in the two wins they've had this season they've come out and just completely laid an egg the very next week and i almost expect that guys to happen again in this matchup i think you know going down to atlanta not a you know an ideal spot for detroit in the spot and as you mentioned of course given uh, the situation with Jerry Goff. Uh, I'm not going to put all my uh, eggs in uh, Detroit's basket by any stretch of the imagination and think that they're going to go down there and beat Atlanta. Well, you know, the uh, Falcons at 6-8 and eight, mathematically still in the uh, playoff race because 9-8 and eight might get you in, but realistically, 
Uh, they're likely to going to be eliminated next week at Buffalo or the following week when they host the Saints. But those games are coming up later. Right now, Atlanta is playing like, hey, they have a reason to play. I'd prefer laying the points rather than taking the points. You mentioned one of the reasons uh, with uh, Detroit's uh, results after a previous win. Um, yeah. uh, Matty Ryan against uh, Boyle, you know, not not a full strength, but yeah, the tight end is a key part of the Atlanta offense. I'd prefer to be on Atlanta, but there are better games that I'm interested in. And uh, one quick point on that game, too, also. DeAndre Swift, who's been out for a number of weeks with the injuries, it looks like he's going to be back for this game. So one positive for Detroit. Andy Isco, Chris Wynn, hanging with me down here at the Superbook. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. Stevie Slapshot's back in the studios. JP, back east for a Series 159 of the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hey, if you happen to be coming in and you're down on the strip, go see Tony Neville over at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Sports Bar downtown. Check out our bud Tony Miller down at the Golden Nugget. They got the uh, Blue Oyster Colt concert coming up on New Year's Eve. And, of course, Football Central right here at the Westgate each and every Sunday. Great place to watch the games. Going to talk about a unique job posting in football when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Christmas Eve, and we are hanging down at the Superbook at the Westgate, keeping an eye on some horse racing, and this place is going to be jumping on Sunday. And listen, we're home stretch of the regular season in the NFL. Big day of bowl games coming up tomorrow. Turn to college football here in a moment. Stevie Slapshot's back in the studio, uh, the KSHP studios. Guys, interesting approach. Craig Ball the head coach for Wyoming goes on Twitter after they win their bowl game and he he posts he makes a job posting on Twitter with the new landscape and in the transfer portals and these kids can make money and all nine Bull sends this message out instead of going recruiting he does this open thing like you call me says the this is from the coach the college football landscape is changing with one-time transfer rule and NIL. Our staff anticipated this movement and have a clear vision to navigate these uncharted waters. After a successful early signing day, Cowboy Football will address the need to sign a quarterback via the transfer portal or junior college. We believe this is a great opportunity for a transfer quarterback to come in and make an impact on our program. We've seen that before when we brought Josh Allen into our program and we're excited for the next chapter of cowboy football go pokes so he does a job posting he invokes josh allen which is really smart like hey coming here doesn't mean you can't go and aspire and rise to new heights but an interesting approach from the coach you know my first thought on that is is that an ncaa violation what he just did i hate to say that in these days because it makes a lot of sense what he did but somehow the ncaa has to get its fingers involved somehow and uh Reprimand them. You, you know do? why you think that, right, Andy? Because you're hankering back to your pre-2021, you know, uh, mindset when yeah. it comes to college football. But uh, my uh, my initial reaction, Brian, was this: I thought it was a tad gimmicky, to be quite honest it with is. you. Um, I we're like talk, it is. By the way, we're talking about a program that is what bottom tier when it comes to the Mountain West, 
where they're you know I'd where you're middle, middle, uh, middle to lower tier. Yeah, but but look, look, I get it because it's Jake Allen, right? So you have you know a, Josh a, a, uh, excuse me, Josh Allen, a major high profile alum that you can that you can attach that, you that can to. Tout, so, yes. Yeah, that you can tout and uh, understand. So kind of I understand from that angle. See now the the job opening that I thought that Brian was going to mention, and it's for both college and especially the NFL, job opening for a coach in charge of time and clock management, situation and clock management. I think every team needs one of those. You don't have to hire anybody. Just give us all a cell phone. Give us a ring. Some we'll of watch the teams, game on TV. Some of these teams have them. The Stevie's right. Some of these teams do have them. And, 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 and they still get time still management wrong. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. By the way, Chris, congratulations. Hankering is the word of the day. There, there, we got This is like turned into the Groucho Marx thing. You bet your life. I mean, you know. Say the secret word. A bird will come down and give you $100. Common yeah, word, something you hear a, what, was the, what was the bird? Was it, was it a duck? Yeah, I think it was. It was a yes, duck, yes, wasn't it? Was it was yes. a duck. Yeah. But, yes, I do, Brian, I do like to, uh, you know, put, Hank, my, put my vocabulary on display on occasion. Hankering, a go. strong desire to have or do something. Yes. So. You don't get anything, but <laughs> hey, you get some it's credit. recognition. I'll you take get, that. You get some credit. All right. No, little, I mean, it's, little holiday recognition. Never hurt anybody. But the funny thing is, when he's talking about the uncharted waters, I mean, yeah. maybe not so subtly. He's like, hey, you know what? He he throws it out there like, hey, you know, hey, here's our program. Josh Allen did this before, but hey, you might want to call me because who knows how much money the boosters have? You know, I mean, by the way, you know, salary to be discussed. Yeah, to these days, I think with the NIL, yes, absolutely. That's where it may be a violation, though, if they phrased it in those terms. But that was your that was your editorial comment, not part of uh, Craig Bowles' tweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, my boys. Let's get back to the NFL. Well, all four teams still How about this very number much up, alive. The number's up to five. Four and a half here at the Superbook. There are some fives. Yeah, and... Uh, well, I think that's because of the uncertainty. Maybe a reaction to the fact that Huntley missed practice today and Lamar Jackson still unlikely to play, so that's not a surprise. Uh, I talked about it. I took three, so I acted a little too early. And that's one, of, that's one of the hazards of playing games when you think the line is at its, its peak because you don't know what the COVID is going to bring later in the week, although with Baltimore there always was the possibility that you know we knew Jackson wouldn't play, but now the news about Huntley missing practice matters. Now, uh, all... Four teams alive. Cleveland's in last place at seven and seven. Pittsburgh seven six and one, and Bengals and uh, Ravens are both eight and six. So you know, just a one-game spread separating those four teams and three games to play. Now a number of those games will be against one another, but every team in that division is going into uh, this weekend with a chance to win the division. This game is more important for Baltimore because they lost to Cincinnati the first time around. So if they were to uh, uh, those are the two teams that are the eight and six. So the winner goes to uh, nine and six, and the loser drops to eight and seven. And if it's Baltimore, uh, excuse me, if it's Cincinnati, they have the tiebreaker edge because of the what would be the season sweep, sweep, and a one-game lead uh, uh, with uh, uh, with two games remaining. I still like uh, I still like Baltimore, not as much right now with the uncertainty. Although I think Chris, you were going to say that. Uh, and I think uh, Stevie may have mentioned it earlier that Hundley is expected to start, which makes me think that perhaps he was held out of practice today for precautionary reasons. Uh, they said not COVID related, so 
COVID, uh, uh, so uh, uh, precautionary would be non-COVID. It's basically saying we don't think Lamar Jackson's going to start. We need a, a capable backup for this game. Mayfield is off the COVID list. And quickly, guys, your thoughts as far as uh, Bengals? Do they need to kick tires offensively? Look, Joe Mixon didn't have a great game last week. Okay, wasn't that much involved and talk about not being involved i didn't get a chance to see this game play by play so i was watching it it was a ugly. couple other tilts it was but ugly jamar chase had i think he had one catch for like three yards last week how how does that even happen and i was texting some friends of mine and saying uh did jamar chase get injured in the first quarter because he was non-existent in the game had, last week he, I, will, I gotta believe the bengals are gonna have to you know amp things up a little bit offensively in this game i, I will tell you he had a drop though i mean yeah. they hit him and it was one of those and he knew it too it was like one of the. It was a, about a yeah, about a 25, 30 yard pass, and it was one on one coverage, and it was one of these things that like in the he went up, and he knew he if he caught it and planted and cut, he was gone, and he he took you know he tried to run before he caught. It. He dropped the touchdown. Basically, Cincinnati has played surprisingly strong defense, and uh, like a number of teams, exceptionally aggressive when they are playing with the lead. And of course, they did win despite. Uh, the lack of contributions by Chase. They still won 15-10 to 10 at Denver. They're now going up against the Baltimore defense that they had success against earlier in the season and also a Baltimore defense that is not at the level of uh, past seasons, and they do have some injuries. I've always been a big backer of uh, John Harbaugh, despite some of the bonehead decisions we talked about earlier going for two at the end of the game. That I know I may be – I don't know if I'm in a minority. That I could be in a minority as far as not going for those decisions because each win is critical, and they had two possible wins. How about wins. daring moves? Um – I don't know. I'd say questionable. That's fine. Moves, okay. Uh, so I still like to back uh, John Harbaugh, and I'll probably uh, I'll want to see where this line goes up to. I already played since. Uh, Let me ask you something, three. Andy. Probably I, put a little bit more in there once it uh, settles in. They well, should have kicked the extra point. That's what I say. That's, that's I say. fine. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I, I go to overtime at home. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, almost the same thing. The Bills are playing the Titans, and they got it. You know, at the four-yard line or whatever it is, and it's fourth and a yard. You could kick the field goal there, uh, and you went for the win. Quarterback sneak and Allen slipped. Well, I mean, what is, was Mc, t- is, what no, was the time is, and situation? Is McDermott an idiot? What was the time and situation? It was the final, final, I don't know, 30 seconds of the game. Fourth, fourth, fourth and one at the one, or at the, about the three or the four-yard line. You're going to get first and goal with, you know, have four plays to win the game. And what was the score at the time? They were down three. And how much time left? About 30 time? seconds, 40 seconds. They had more than enough time. They're going to get well, the full complement of plays in if they got the yeah, first down. Yeah. I mean, I know some people gave McDermott a lot of grief for that. I'm like, no, you go for it. That's not as uh, egregious in my mind as what the Chargers did last week. But once again, it's risk reward. Forget yeah. the, you know, you talk about percentages. Oh, it's 62%, 58%. You know what? On this next play, it's either zero or 100. With 100, if you're successful, you have a chance or you're going to win the game. If it's zero, your chance to win the game is is, is not. You don't have a 50. 58% is only in the aggregate, not for an individual play. I still prefer the risk of losing is, to me, more negative than uh, even if you, than if you succeed. Because if you succeed, then the game's over. If you lose, you have no chance of winning. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the Ravens, I believe, are what? They were two of seven before that attempt on two-point conversions this season. Yeah. So not exactly, a, you know. A numbers game there. All right. So I asked Jay Cornegay this yesterday. It was is an interesting discussion, but let me both you guys, Andy, whatever game it was, you said, yeah, I, I, I took the three with somebody and it's up to five. That's Cincinnati, uh, Baltimore. Okay, fine. So 
with all this uncertainty, these guys have advanced wagering lines up for next week. Uh, just your general approach to betting where, hey, I mean, the one thing, honestly, you know, we can tell you with, with regularity, a Sunday night, KennyWadeSports.com, we do the opening line report for the next week. We discuss what the advance line was, how the games were played, what the opening line is. But we can, for the most part, if you threw the COVID stuff out, we can tell you which way the number's going to go. I mean, years of experience, both sides at a counter, and I'm not bragging. So we'll tell, we'll get you the best of the number. Bet this now because it's going to go here. Or wait. Or, or yeah, yes, now. or wait. Yes, if you, if you, yeah. Like the other side. The same, the, the same premise. You bet early or you wait. And, but now with all this uncertainty, and Jay, Jay said, handle-wise, it hasn't been affected because they're just waiting and they're still going to fire on it. But in terms of the things that have been, you know, routines and things that are successful for you to ensure getting the best of the number with the uncertainty, I think we're all finding ourselves waiting to get closer to game well, time just to know who the hell's playing. Well right, well, right now it's because of COVID. But let's throw the COVID out. Let's say this Omicron thing never happened and we had the season that we had basically through uh, prior to Thanksgiving. There are advantages to doing that in the middle of the season. Late in the season, it becomes difficult like this week because you do well, no, you don't know who's going to be playing with need, who's going to have been eliminated because we could see significant line moves if, for example, like for example, da- I don't know what the, the deal is right now, what the advance line was with Dallas. Dallas clinched a playoff spot last night by virtue of the uh, uh, of the 49ers losing. So I, I don't know what the line for Dallas's next game was, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's been adjusted downward because uh, Dallas does not have the same. Dallas energy. is two and a half hosting Arizona. Okay. Well, see, we don't know what happens if Arizona loses this week and the Rams win and now they're fighting for a playoff spot. So in like week 16, 17, and now 18, it becomes a little bit more difficult unless you have a very strong feeling on what's going to happen in this intervening week. I love those advanced lines, but Early, earlier in the season is the opportunity to take advantage of it because there's less uncertainty surrounding what the adjustments might be because the games become so important in these last few weeks of the season. So I can understand why more people right now are waiting to see. The fact that COVID's involved throws an entirely different light because then, again, it becomes important. You know, maybe you wait until 90 minutes before game time on Sunday when the inactives are announced, well, let me get... normally you'd be playing it on Friday and Saturday when the moves take place. Yeah, I mean, the premise on the advanced lines, I mean, here's a goofball one. Uh, Jacksonville's at New England. New England's advanced line is 16 and a half. If the Bills beat New England and the Jags beat the Jets, that number is going to be 14. Or less, perhaps. Maybe. You know? Uh, oh, no. If Miami loses Monday night to the Saints, New England clinches the division. If they beat Buffalo, I'm sorry, if they, yeah, if they they've beat got Buffalo, the division. I don't think you'd see 15 up there. Right. Yeah. Because New, England, New England will be resting people because they're going to be playing on a wild card. Well, they st- I guess they still have a shot at the number one. We're seat. always trying to put the pieces of the Rubik's Cube together. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Hanging at the Superbook at the Westgate. Heading to the top of the hour. Keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, putting a lid on it. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio down at the Superbook at the Westgate. Football Central in the theater Sunday. The mobile app, sign up, bet 100, get 100. Uh, we love coming down here. Thanks to Jay Cornier. We've got Vegas Hockey Island locally. 
Chris Wynn sticking around. Stevie and I talking all things NHL. think they're going to be moving this thing back to January 1st. We shall see. Andy Isco is here at the moment. The logical approach, our dear friend. Uh, real quick, Ian Book is going to get uh, his career underway. That'll be interesting to see what he does. Yeah, we saw the uh, announcement yesterday, and the line moved from Saints 3 to Miami 1.5-2. I haven't liked the Saints in that game uh, at, at home. Uh, again, and by the way, Jake Fromm named the uh, Giants starter this week against uh, uh, Philadelphia in a game that's critical to Philadelphia's wild card chances. And, you know, the same thing with, with Fromm and, uh, well, even more so with Book. You, know, you don't know what you're going to get offensively from Book, and I think with Kamara there to be a settling influence, uh, the Saints may not take too many chances. At the same time, having never seen Book, Miami doesn't know how to defense him uh, either other than what they may have seen on film in uh, in Notre Dame in preseason. So interesting game. A lot of things, as you said, Brian, will be determined this week and set the stage for uh, for week uh, 17 next week. Hey, college football, Christmas Day. we got a lot of cool football we're going to be keeping tabs on tomorrow. Uh, we got the Holiday Bowl coming up. They always score points in that one, UCLA, North Carolina State next week. That's one to watch. Yeah, I'm looking at North Carolina State there. I've liked this team all year. It's a good team. Not not that I don't like UCLA. I just happen to like NC State a little better. Hey, Andy, you're my Christmas present, buddy. We appreciate you coming all the time. (laughs) And mine as well. And lose the bah humbug thing. You're a good guy. You're a nice guy. Is that why you put the bow on me? That's right. It's like it's uh, like. Let me wish you. I'm trying to you know, Chris, all the listeners a very mm-hmm. merriest of Christmases and happiest of holidays. Yes. And to you as well. Yes. Chris is going to stick around. We're going to talk a little hockey in a little bit, uh, but we're you know like Thanksgiving. We're thankful for Andy. Andy's the best. By the way, Andy's going to join me on the NFL Weekend Edition of Vegas Sportsbook Radio, going through each and every NFL game. Stevie, stick around, kiddo. We got Vegas hockey online locally. The Scott Farrell Show is next on the network. We're coming back locally to the Superbook at the Westgate. I want to wish everybody out there a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And on the network, we'll be back with you on Monday. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. <laughs>